Did I interest you in a stamp? Yeah, give me a stamp. Oh. No, give me a purple one. Oh, I'm sorry we haven't any purple ones. I could uh, paint one for you. I don't want a painted one. person hasn't got any rights in this country anymore. The government even tells you what color stamps you gotta buy. Live from the Stamp Show here today, Triquicentennial. Sesquicentennial. Sesquicentennial. Say it again. Sesquicentennial. Okay. This is the award-winning Stamp Show here today. If you can dream it, we can collect it. This is episode, we're going back in time, this is episode number 350 because last week was actually number 350 and I said it was 349. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. This is Cash. This is Mark. This is Jim. This is Albert. This is Don. And uh, me and Mark just went on a little field trip. We had a, a little buying excursion after our uh, buffet lunch. By the way, everybody remember South Point Buffet at 1130 on Tuesdays in Las Vegas if you want to have lunch with a bunch of stamp collectors. And uh, we looked at a collection that a nice lady, shout out to you, Stacy. She won't be listening, I guarantee it. And uh, it was a global al- uh, global album collection. Yeah, multi-volume. Yeah, yeah. There must have been twelve volumes. Yeah, at least yeah. at least twelve volumes. Yeah, huge. And uh, let's see, an UN collection. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a collection of uh, gold replica stamps. Ah, yes. Oh, boxes of them. <laughs> and that, you know, that's one I always feel sorry for, for people because when they sold, they sold for $4.50 per shipment. And each shipment either had one or two covers in them. So each cover was either $2.25 or $4.50. And these were addressed which makes the person, you know, gives them ownership and everything like that, but totally wrecks the resale value. So we'll see if uh, there's two good ones in there. One is uh, James Dean, and the other one is Marilyn Monroe. Hmm. And we'll see if those are in there, because those sell for like 15 bucks. So the global albums were chock full, nothing, nothing expensive, but you can tell that the collectors, I guess it was husband and wife, they had a blast. Yep, filling these things up. Yeah, yeah. They had every. They had a lot of stamps in it. So uh, yeah, I paid just a little over a thousand bucks for it. And it's a shame that you know they couldn't keep collecting it. But we'll see what it, it'll get recycled into the wild. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have uh, another shout out, please, Larry H. 
Thank you very much for your $10 to join the Stamp Show Here Today podcast. Except you didn't give us your address, so I can't send you a membership certificate. So I'm not sure if it's paying the money or if it's actually getting the certificate that counts. All right. Well, we'll just bring it with us to lunch, and then hopefully he'll come by and get it. If he's local, I mean, he, he could have mo- he could have sent this from U.S. Samoa. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he can send you another letter with an address on it. Yeah, or or drop me an email at cashagreatingmatters.com. Have you cashed the check yet? No, he sent cash. He sent if he sent a check, it would actually have, have an address that's an address it, on yeah. it. But he sent a ten dollar bill, so I got nothing. But hey, thank you very much. We'll, Everybody else who's listening... Uh, Have you checked that to see if it's counterfeit? <laughs> it is not counterfeit. How about the stamp that sent it? It is. Oh. Wow, there's no stamp. How did it get to us? Uh, it just says, give to cash for podcast. Oh. Thanks, Larry. Hmm. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I got a phone call from another person. Uh, give a shout out to Paul J. He... Submitted two stamps to PSE, and they came back with, he wanted a minimum grade of 80 on both stamps. And neither stamp hit a minimum grade of 80. One got a 75 and one got a 70. So I told him, you know, how to tell 70s and 75s and 80s. And I thought it would be a good topic to discuss on the podcast here. So, Mark, you're into grading, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you eyeball an 80? Well, the 80 is um, where one margin is half of the width of another margin on the stamp. So if you can roughly eyeball it and say, gosh, you know, the, it's centered, but it's kind of centered towards the bottom, um, and you and you kind of do a rough estimate in your head and say, gosh, that looks like about half of what uh, the top is. That, that's likely going to be an 80 if it's fault-free. Yeah, assuming no faults. So uh, then a 75 is less than double or half. Right. So if you look and you know, the stamp that he gave was a uh, Hawaii number 58. Which is a tough stamp because it doesn't have, you know, a straight border. It has decorated edges. So, you know, when but when you look at it, if you look at the fives up on top, because it's a five cent stamp, the right one is very close to the purples, and the left one is not. So it's clearly more than double the distance. Right. Yeah. Sometimes people will think, well, you, you're looking at the center of the stamp. You know, the center left, center right, uh, center top, center bottom. But it's actually the corners is where we measure. So you really need to look at the corners of the stamps and, uh, and see if, if the design gets really close to uh, one edge of the corner. Um, then you're kind of assured, ah, this is not going to get much more than an 80. Or, a fi- you know. Is a 50 touching the edge? A 50, cut, uh, the perforations Perf- cut, cut into, into the, the design right. on a 50. With the exception of the 1857 issue. Which had no way that it couldn't cut. Right. So those get sort of a a bonus two grades, basically. So if it cuts into the design, you're still not going to be an 80. 
but you're not going to be a 50. You're going to be like a 70. Yeah, that's a notoriously poorly centered issue. The 1851s. 1857s. 1851s are imperf. Oh, 1857s, yes. So imperf, uh, and again, imperf, you know, is the same thing. 50%. If, if one margin is double the size of another margin, then you've got an 80. Be best case scenario, you've got an 80. So you want it actually less than half. So how accurate then? There's more than half. How yeah. accurate is the Scott um, catalog when it shows the grading? Okay, it shows the grading correct, mm -hmm. but the pricing on it is, in my opinion, very, very faulty. Well, I wasn't thinking of pricing so much as they have the illustrations of, and I've seen, I, I think in Lens every once in a while there's a mm -hmm. publication where they they um, show the different stamp in different conditions, starting with a 100 going down to maybe a 50 or something. Yeah. And um, that's a, also an indicator. Somebody could use that if they could find the issue that has that. Yeah, but here's the hitch with looking at it is they show all the pictures. But they don't define actually what's going on. Right. So when we say half the size of another margin, you can look at it and go, oh, okay. Because they go, uh, this one's centered a little bit to the right. That must be, mine is centered a little to the right. So they must be the same grade. It's like, well, look at it. Is it 50%? Yeah. And by the way, uh, if it gets to 33% or 75%, you know, three times, one margin is three times, then you're in the 75 range. And you get to the 70 range when it goes more than that. If you get more than that, there really isn't a grade 60. I mean, technically there is, but once you get past 70, you jump down to 50. Because 70 is like you're clear, kind of. 50 is you're cutting in. 60 would be a very, very odd sort of in-between of a very, very small difference. So, and then, of course, going the other direction, you know, the nicer centered it is, the higher it goes. But you were uh, talking about the value. Um, a grade 80 on a banknote stamp is actually very scarce. And you have banknotes to catalog, you know, a buck or $2. Good luck in trying to find a grade 80 for a dollar or $2. They, you know, they're several dollars, you know, they'll charge $5 for a $1 stamp. In the 1857 issues, you're even worse. Um, a grade 80 on a US number 26 in the Scott's catalog, it, is it $15? Or five, it's ten dollars something. It's it's a like right in that range, fifteen or ten or dollars somewhere around there. But if you have a grade eighty, it's like a fifty dollar stamp. If you're clear all the way around on a U.S. number twenty six, or any of them, especially the ten centers, you know you've got a nice stamp. Well, I think you need to point out the um, three cent and the one cent of the 1857 
were from the same plates the imperfs were from, and those were designed to be cut apart by scissors. So what happens is the margin between the two stamps is actually smaller than the hole. Yep. So to get one clear means that it had to misregister almost the whole hole away. Yeah, you're talking about U.S. number 25. Mm -hmm. And a U.S. number 25, in the pop report, I think there's a grade 98. But it was certified before the computer stuff, and we don't have a picture of it. While the certificate, well, there is a certificate for a grade 98, I'm pretty certain that if it was submitted today, it wouldn't get a 98 today under today's standards. This was a 2001 cert. Mm-hmm. And so 2001, somebody looked at it and said, well, that's as nice as they get. And go, yeah, it's a 90. That's as nice as they get. They don't get any better than grade 90. You gave it a grade 98 because it was nice as it gets. That's not how it works. So, fun stuff there. Can I just also mention one of the things for um, a person to do to look at the stamp is to rotate it. When I first started looking at grading, Albert and Mark both mentioned that little trick to me of just turning it because the eye picks up. I mean, you're used to seeing it right-eyed or left-eyed if you turn it. The other way, you're, you're seeing it the opposite way, and you see the margins a little clearer. And that's a very big help when they're in those margins between 75 and 85. Yeah. It, human brain is a weird thing. Yeah. And if, you, if there's a center portrait, and it honestly doesn't matter if it's like a person looking left or a train traveling left or an airplane flying left, your brain is going to move the, de- the design to the left slightly. And so when you turn it upside down, your brain all of a sudden isn't looking at a train going left, it's looking at an upside down train, and that sort of wipes out that m- mental bias of how you look at things. So yeah, when we uh, look at things, we always turn them upside down, and that gives your eyes better clarity so your brain doesn't get engaged. Mm-hmm. So again, shout out to Paul J. We, we had this discussion on the phone. I just thought I'd share it with everybody else. Did, did he ask how you come to the measurements? Uh, no, actually he... Uh, because we're dealing in the grades 80, 85, mm-hmm. 75, 70, um, you almost don't have to measure it. I mean, we do because we want to be exact. I was going to say, if, if you understand that we measure it and it goes into a computer program which spits out the grade. Right. So it's not, there's not an arbitrariness to it. But to prejudge it, to say, okay, I want to submit this because I think it might be an 80 or better. These are the techniques you use, but we don't use that. No, 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 no. Uh, and you are correct because, like, you know, it's 50%. And so all of a sudden it's 55%, and you go, ah, oh, it dropped a grade. 
but it's 48%, and all of a sudden you're in the grade. Yeah. So there is a difference, but it is, you know, it's a good rule of thumb to get you to recognize what a grade 80 looks like. Right. And in my opinion, and this has occurred over like about the last five years, everybody 20 years ago wanted grades 98 and hundreds, of course. Everybody wants hundreds. But they wanted grade 98s, and they'd settle for 95s. The market has gone a long ways. You know, now people look at grade 80s and go, at an 80, it's worth full Scott's catalog value. Yeah. That's significant because, you know, I bought it for half catalog, got it sorted, and now it's worth full catalog. 80 is your very fine. Yeah. 80 is what the Scott's catalog lists at. And like I said, you know, sometimes, you know, it in the 1990s, you know, 80s are common. Or in the uh, 1850s, 80s are rare. But the uh, the surprising thing that always shocks people is the stuff that's printed right now that you buy at the post office. And you go, well, it's all going to be grade 100 because of the technology. <laughs> and nope. it's not even close. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> well, the stuff from China comes close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have graded counterfeits now? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, if the Scots catalog lists counterfeits in their counterfeit section, mm -hmm. because we only grade things that are listed in the Scots catalog. Well, that's not true, but, you know, Mostly, we list things based on Scott's catalog recognition. That's why if you send in a block of seven or a strip of six of a stamp, we won't grade it because it's not listed in Scott's catalog. If a pair is listed in Scott's catalog, and lots of stamps are listed in pairs, uh, then we grade it. Obviously, a block, but a, a strip of three... Only if it's listed in the Scott's catalog will yeah. we grade it. Like uh, in the national parks, you'll have uh, pairs that have line in between either vertically or horizontally. Uh, sometimes people will submit a block of four. Well, the block of four doesn't get a grade. <laughs> Only the pairs do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing, uh, a weird agreement we have with the Scott's catalog. So... Uh, in the recent lens, Gibraltar came out with the world's first cryptocurrency stamps, a sheet of four, priced at $2,850. Whoa. And uh, for those, because, you know, it was interesting today. I asked, the stamp club meets downstairs. And, you know, we give we give a room to the stamp club, so the Las Vegas stamp club. And I said, you know, does everybody here know what an NFT is? And one person sort of did, and the others didn't. And so uh, let's have a real quick discussion on NFTs because we're seeing them in LINs and we're seeing them in stamp collecting. So uh, who, wants to who wants to talk about NFTs? Probably no one, but right. <laughs> well, an, F and an NFT based on cryptocurrency. I think this is like a double. 
a double kind of, it's like you're doubling down on Beanie Baby kind of thing, <laughs> you know? There you go. Because mm-hmm. crypto is already already starting to, to um, look really scary, you know? And I think NFTs are, uh, are uh, uh, five minutes away from that same kind of, of, uh, of thing. So um, I think that Gibraltar is just a little bit late to the party. <laughs> well, for $2,850, too. Yeah. Mm-mm. I mean, that's... Okay, so an NFT, real quick. NFT stands for non, um, non-fungible token. token. And uh, basically what it is is you own, let's call it a computer program, a computer picture. And it was very interesting because I, well, I thought it was interesting. The uh, APS had a letter to the editor, and they were discussing NFTs. And they said, a revenue stamp is put on a document to show that you pay the tax. So it's a receipt for tax. A postage stamp you put on an envelope to convey the envelope. What use is an NFT? Mm-hmm. And he, he, because of that, he said, there's no place for NFTs in stamp collecting. Um, I agree I mean, I only agree because, like, there's zero chance I'm ever going to own one unless I make it myself, which, by the way, I have made NFTs. Uh, anybody who wants a NFT of a U.S. number 596 wearing a funny hat, <laughs> I made them. What about your, um, what about your, um, you want a stamp? Oh, me on this. That's not an NFT. It, I, it, I it could, should be. I could make it an NFT. You could. Yeah. yeah and, how, and, they, and they say it's a sheet of four mint never hinged. That looks to me yeah. like it's an actual souvenir sheet of some sort, but it's got the um, barcode or the, um, the QR, codes. QR codes in the corner for the NFT. Yes, and that, it was issued in 2018, so this is a resale of the sheet. But still, almost three thousand bucks. And yeah. yes, that is correct. They sell the sheet, and you scan in the QR code, and it will tell you what you quote unquote want. And unless it's a, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, was, I think I'd have better. Um, better odds going down to um, the strip than getting one of these. Yeah. So, if you want to uh, spend $2,850, that's available to you. <laughs> Let us know uh, what the market is 20 years from now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, like $700 a stamp, right? Yeah. Well, just... Mm. For those who aren't... That's a lot of postage. Yeah. it's <laughs> a uh, lot of postage. You could, you could ship a body. <laughs> <laughs> we are in near Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Ship them out to the desert? Uh, actually, just out to Lake Mead in a barrel would work. Oh, uh, yeah. They that... dug a couple of those up recently. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. Yeah. Haven't read that in the newspaper. I told you about it. Oh. Yeah, because... That's where your partner went. Yeah, exactly. I better shut up. I might end up there. But yeah, because uh, it's receding and all kinds of things are popping up. Oh, geez. 
Yeah. yeah. Good point. So as the lake level went down, these barrels that have laid on the bottom are now being exposed. Yeah. And they found two, right? I, I think, think they found two, yeah. Yeah. And they closed two all different but, ones. And they've closed all but one boat ramp. Yeah. So and I've heard that. Yeah. So they're expecting to find more. Yep. Mm. Well, for those who aren't following the news, just FYI, uh, let's see. Terra was a cryptocurrency that they came out with. And when I watched it, I go, I don't understand what they're saying. And so if I don't understand it, I'm not buying it. Now, I wouldn't have bought it anyway, but it's just like, that's the fourth strike. Yes. <laughs> and you're out. Well, it took exactly a week, seven days, for it to go from, I forget what, $145 to 0.2 cents. Five of them make a penny. And uh, it was a really great idea to stabilize the currency and everything like that. And it, it, that's what happened. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, as of yes, the day before yesterday. Well, actually, that serves nobody any good whatsoever because I don't know when you're listening to this. But uh, Bitcoin dropped briefly below $25,000 a Bitcoin. Now, that means that if you bought it at $500, you made a whole bunch of money. But if you bought it at $60,000, which if the price was a year and a half ago, so a year and a half ago to today, you lost half your money in Bitcoin. And uh, I have a funny feeling sort of NFTs like this Gibraltar stamp are going to kind of follow the same direction, especially since, you know, it's hard to collect them. I mean, it's, I don't know. We'll see what happens. So anybody else have anything to talk about? Sure. This past weekend, I was um, traveling to Colorado, and it was the same time as the Kelleher auction. So I'm uh, bidding on stamps in the in the uh, uh, near the near the gate, and I see that uh, one of the stamps that I really want is going to uh, be hammered down while I'm in flight. So I got on the plane and I spent the eight bucks for internet access, and I'm watching as the uh, as it gets closer and closer to my lot, and just as my lot starts to come up, the plane is descending the, um, I don't know if I should mention the airline, Southwest. Uh, <laughs> it was the, uh, in the Southwest direction. Right, <laughs> mm -hmm. right the, uh, uh, the Wi-Fi starts, uh, starts to hiccup, and then immediately the phone, you know, desperately is searching for a signal, so it starts to, to look for uh, cell towers that it's starting to detect. And then it took about 30 seconds for the Wi-Fi to come back up, and by then uh, my lot had been hammered down for oh. $600 less than I was willing to pay. Oh, that's harsh. So um, that was very frustrating. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so strongly worded letter to Southwest. Yes. <laughs> or, or from Albert, who could have just told you to hire an agent. Right. <laughs> what was the stamp? It was a 318. That's the, uh, the, the one-cent Franklin coil. It was a single uh, with a paste-up tab. And that's um, uh, a very rare stamp to come up at auction. So that doubled the frustration. Mm. Yeah, Albert, 
You you do auction agenting for people, right? Occasionally. Yeah. What what is it? Just so that people know. Um, I go. I get bids from other clients, and I execute them at the sale, either in person or around the phone. And uh, um, people pay a nominal per- percentage, usually around five percent of the hammer price. If I buy the lot. Oh, five percent. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was less than that. Well, for sometimes sometimes it's five percent, sometimes it's three percent. Mm. Well, you did one for me once; it was free. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but we didn't get but, it either. But, so, but you you <laughs> but you ended up having to you ended up buying the same item and bidding seven thousand dollars more eighteen uh, months later. Uh, don't remind me. Well, is that wasn't that the truth? Uh, actually, the one sold for. With the twenty percent, it sold for ten thousand, and the one I bought sold for twelve thousand. So it cost me two thousand dollars. And the drats part of it was, and Stan, lovey, you're a great guy, but you cost me two thousand bucks. <laughs> I went to pay for the stamps that I got from Kelleher, and I thought, ah, I get two uh, percent discount because I'm paying, you know, within fifteen days. And nope, it's gone. Surprise. Uh, what? No more two percent discount for for early paying on on color. Really? Yep. So it's twenty percent. Whoa, that's that's interesting. I was unaware of that. Mm-hmm. So now it's just a flat twenty. Yep. Mm. Yeah, that's the hard thing about buying an auction is, uh, you know, and when people can sign to auction, they have to take this into account that. You may not be being charged any commission, but the item is still getting charged 20%. So if they want to pay 1000 bucks for it, if a catalog's $1,000, they're paying $800 plus a little bit because 800 plus a little bit is 1000 bucks. So uh, fun stuff there, trying to sell your stamps. Like today, when we went over to Stacy's, you know, she had no way of selling these stamps, and uh, honestly, you know, it's it's tough yeah. when you inherit a collection and you don't know anything about it. What was the best thing in the collection? I'm not well, talking about the gold foil stamps. Yeah, n- not no no th- those were not the best thing. Those uh, well, we're a 501c3 corporation, like we say at the beginning of every single one. So. Um, she donated them, and I will give her a donation letter, and she'll get you know a write-off on her taxes. But I had to carry it out. Actually, Mark helped me, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know these are not light boxes. But the um, the five hundred one c three corporation uh, can take donations and give you a discount, or give you a discount, give give you a write-off on your taxes. And uh, so people do take advantage of that. Yeah, I think was the best thing maybe the Mint Israel collection? Yeah, there was uh, the Mint Israel collection, like I said, had about five stamps in the beginning. The first issue, or the first couple issues, like number 49 and 50, I saw in there. But they're in PM mounts. So I don't know what the gum is like. So the stamps are, it's either worth $50 or $5. And I couldn't, you know, so I had to give the $5 price because if I 
give them the $50 price and they bring it home and the gum's glazed or damaged or hinged or something, and then it's like, ah, crap. The problem with the PM mounts is that uh, um, the adhesive eventually goes through the paper and onto the stamp. Well, why don't you tell people what the PM mounts are? They were, they were developed somewhere in California, I guess, maybe 60 or 70 years Damn ago. Damn Californians. Well, I think they debuted in the 40s, and uh, you would occasionally see them. And um, I remember trying them out back in the 70s as a, as a collector and finding out that they were a lot of pro- there was a lot of problems because eventually the, the glue would come go through the back of the mount onto the stamp. So, yeah, like it had a square on the back that had glue on the back so you could stick it in the album. And then the front of it had plastic, clear plastic that went over the top of it and then wrapped around so that it glued to the back. And what it basically did was it seals the stamp inside the mount so that you can't get it out without destroying the mount. You have to literally destroy the mount in order to get the stamp out. Well, you know, a regular show guard mount, you know, you might have to slit it or something, but you don't destroy it, and then you can remove the stamp, look at it, and put it back in. PM mounts, they're there. <laughs> you can't you can't look at them. It's a real struggle to get them out. Well, actually, I have seen collections that were mounted in PM mounts, and the dealers just said, I, I don't want it. The labor of removing the stamps from the mounts is not worth it. Yeah, it's very time-consuming. Yeah. Because you got to be careful not to, to mess up the stamp, which is very easy to do with those things. Yep. So... I don't think anybody uses PM mounts anymore because you can't buy them. <laughs> it's, it's very ironic because the P on the, the name stood for protective. Yeah. There is, is, they actually advertise themselves as protective mounts. PM. PM, protective mount. I, I never put that together. <laughs> what did you think it stood for? Nighttime? I don't yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> All I know is that they uh suck. <laughs> That's why we recommend using a V type mount. Oh yeah. That way you don't mess up the back of the stamp. I mean, show guard mounts are just as bad when somebody has a wet tongue and the it goes through that it goes through the seam in the middle and I've seen I've seen a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of never hinged U.S. stamps become all gum disturbed stamps. Yeah, yeah. The uh, well, the V mount when you separate it, it looks like a V, opposed to the C mount, which has a split in the middle. So the C mount you think is more secure because the stamp can't go out the top or the bottom, whereas if it's a V-mount, it's only attached on one side, maybe that stamp is going to fly out of the album. Well, honestly, I have never seen stamps drop out of V-mounts. Um, yeah, they can get jostled. If, if the album is jostled, they can be, you know, set askew, but, um, but yeah, actually falling out of the mount is pretty rare. Where I have seen lots of people <clears throat> put the C-mounts with the split in the middle. Split back, yeah. Split back, lick them, a little bit of spit goes down that split, and all of a sudden you have this line of disturbed gum going across, and if you send it in for a certificate, we call it hinged. Mm -hmm. 
Or, or, or worse. Or worse. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we call it hinged, even though it's clearly not a hinge. Hinged for PSE and really for almost anybody means distur- the gum had been disturbed because uh, it was improperly mounted someplace. The worst thing about a C-mount is when there's a lot of moisture in there, and it's, then the stamp is, sits there, and it actually is not, the gum, the gum is not just look, looks hinged, but it actually becomes a glazed spot. Oh, well, and, the, and then it becomes, the, the best we can give that is a disturbed yeah. original gum call. Well, that's the curse of uh, crystal mounts. If you remember crystal mounts, they were clear plastic that came in a long strip that was sort of like a tube, and you put the stamp in, then you use scissors to cut it to shape. And the plastic would accumulate any dampness in the area, no matter how small, and it would store it in there, eventually just glazing the back of the gum. And we've seen a lot of crystal mount damage. Um, you know, it, it's uh, <laughs> mounting your stamps is tough, and keeping them in good condition is tough. Collect used stamps? I used to. I used to specifically collect used stamps collect, to avoid dealing with gum. Collect covers. Yeah. I yeah. did that too. Yeah. Well, it solves those problems. Yeah. <laughs> Creates other ones. but <laughs> Well, how do you mount a cover, though? Well, uh, you can hinge a cover. And you see they're... A glue stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, been using, I've been using the little um, plex, flexible... Um, what do they call them? The cover sleeves? Oh. And then, yeah, and then just do, do you exhibit? Do you exhibit anything or not? No, not okay. that way. If if I was exhibiting, I probably would. Um, the preferred method, at least that I've been told, is to hinge them. Yeah, I hinge them unless they're like really expensive. Then I'll use corner mounts. Corner mounts. But corner mounts are really a pain in the butt for when you're doing an exhibit, because a hinge, you put it down. And it's crooked. And before the hinge sort of dries or even afterwards, you can sort of move it around. You got some play there. When you put those corner rounds down and it's not straight, you have to reprint the page and remount it because there is no way to fix it after that. Well, and the other thing about the corner mounts is is that um, you have to be really careful not to damage the edges of the cover when it's going in that cover. Corner mount. Actually... A friend of mine, Carl Schaff, shout out to Carl. I know you're not a listener. Um, he always told he told me a great thing to do with your corner mounts. And you know how the corner mount comes to a tip? Mm-hmm. Cut it off. So it's not triangular shaped anymore. It's rhomboid shape or whatever that is. Where, you know, it it will have an opening at the end for the corner of that cover to pop through and not get damaged. No. So, yeah, that's that's how I mount all mine, with corner mounts with the ends cut off. Oh, we've got, we've been pretty esoteric here all over the place on everything in the world. <laughs> yep. Depending on when this broadcast is, we might see it at Rompex yep. in uh, Rocky Mountain Stamp Show in Denver. Yep. At uh, Memorial Day weekend. 
Yeah, I, I used I used to go to that one, and uh, now I'm kind of burnt out on driving. Yeah, it's a new location, the Arapahoe County Fairgrounds. Oh, really? Yep. Oh. Suscal was going to be at a fairgrounds. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm in I'm on the committee for Suscal actually. So is Dawn still? Uh, you're you're the awards chair. You didn't know that, huh? <laughs> for those of you that aren't watching on television, Dawn is staring daggers now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that note, happy stamp collecting. Amen. We need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. <laughs> because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come to go. If this still clown was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.